Here's the situation, Rush. Cows have four stomachs, and I'm going to name some body parts. Disregarding the time to get acquainted with it and any social awkwardness, I'd like you to tell me if you'd like more of those body parts, less, or no change in the number of those body parts at all. All right. Uh, I'm Rush Towell. And I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And uh, this week's theme, TJ, is the bovine comedy. Yes. C-O- I-T-Y, the bovine comedy, and we are uh, once again recording as we likely will be for quite some time yeah. in quarantine. So I'm in my apartment, you're in your home, and uh, so hopefully the audio quality is, is pretty good. But uh, if it's a little worse, then, then we're doing the best we can. And I may have spoken while you while you spelled out that word C O M I T Y comedy, which I had to look up. Rush, and you can tell me if I'm if I'm right on this. This was this was your theme, but that the basic gist of it is that two different parties or places decide to abide by the same rules. Um, specifically, in a more legal sense. Two countries or states, I guess, would say, hey, if if it's illegal there, we're going to treat it as if it's illegal here. If it's legal here, we're going to treat it as if it's legal there. Would that be roughly accurate? Yeah, I think it's one of those words that it's like pretty hard to describe exactly what it is. It has a lot of different, slightly different meanings in different contexts. Legally speaking, uh, I think of it as one jurisdiction uh, as a courtesy rather than as a legal requirement will uh, extend the laws of some other jurisdiction within its jurisdiction, right? So it'll say we'll extend comedy to Brazil and enforce Brazil's laws to these citizens of Brazil while they're in the U.S. or whatever, something like that. Okay. Uh, and uh, we should mention, TJ, yes. that in the last uh, episode we did um, a challenge to come up with a baseball team, uh, full team, based only on having 10 initials. Yeah. That that came out of Alphabet Suit, that one. Yes, Alphabet Suit. And we'll do we'll come to that at the end. Yes. This so uh, if anyone doesn't want to hear us talk about uh, <laughs> uh, the baseball teams we assemble and go through them position by position and, and have a uh, debate about who has a better team, they can you know, just cut it off at the end or in the middle or right now. Right. It doesn't really uh, it, that won't come until the end. Boy, did I screw that up, royalty! I'll give you, I'll give them that preview. That I don't know what I was thinking when I said AG. I had nobody in mind. I just thought that'd be a nice wide blanket of possible uh, possible players with those initials. It was not. I uh, I'm not positive. I uh, actually, as I'm kind of looking at my list right now, I don't think I used it. So I had. Uh, oh no, I did use it for my next pathetic third baseman. So. Uh, what, what that we'll get we'll get into it later. <laughs> now, um, let's see here. So, so comedy. It's kind of funny because, uh, and also I I I say comedy. It sounds like comedy. Mm. What I'm saying it sounds like those two words are the same because I can't really pronounce comedy very well, <laughs> which is part of why I gave it as the uh, theme this week. But uh, I will have to extend some comedy to you and vice versa because we both have a cow four stomach one. Uh, I'll come to mine. Uh, well, you know what? Why don't I just do mine at the top? And we'll Great. Do your, and we'll space but, it uh, space it out as much as we can. Yeah, I mean, because look, there's I guess there's not that much to think about bovine wise. <laughs> uh, but uh, here, TJ, here's the situation. Great. A magical and malevolent cow hmm. comes to you, and he says, "Look, look, we cows, we have four stomachs. Right? We don't choose it." We just have four stomachs. That's how our life is. Malevolent cows give sour milk, right? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You better believe it. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, now look, you're going to have four of some body parts that you currently don't have four of. I'm magical. I can make it happen. I'm going to, I'm malevolent. So I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you get to rank these things from top to bottom in terms of best to worst change. Best to okay. worst. All right. You're going to go from what you currently have to four of these body parts and uh, you rank it uh, top to bottom. I'm going to give you 10 different body parts. Ten. Oh, nasty. Okay. And stomachs will not be one of them. Okay. Uh, lungs. Kidneys. Mm-hmm. Digits on your two hands combined. All right. Eyes. Yep. Ears. Penises, mm-hmm. thumbs, buttholes, and tongues. It's funny because there are a couple on here that I would have that I I was going to put on your list and I and I I did not. So, all right, some of these are going to be pretty easy. I'm gonna make uh, I'll make some some quick ones here. Um, all right. My top, and, my tops and bottoms. My top three and bottom three are fairly quick, so I'll uh, I'll get through. Nine. What's up? They give you ten or nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got nine. Okay, hearts. I don't think I said hearts. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm gonna put that one dead in the middle because I don't know what to make of it. All right. Um. I'm, some of these will be coming. Some of these will be coming back at you in just uh in just a little in just a little bit. Okay. Ears, ears. So you can give it in either order you want. You can tell me your favorite down to your least favorite or, or vice versa. Uh, don't worry that the malevolent cow is not going to know because if you knew, he would give you your least favorite one. But he, he doesn't know. This is just you internally figuring it. I think I have quickly assembled. I, I, I'll stick by these for now. I think I'm I'm roughly in the spot that... Uh, that I want these to be, but uh, I did them quickly. So in case uh, I'll, I'll reserve a quick right to go back and, and overdo them in, in case. So I'm going to give them to you from my best, my best to my worst. All right. Give me those four lungs. Okay. I love it. I love that. And I, I may be coming hot off this COVID-19 thing, but you know, like, uh, seems like, seems like I, I can't see the downside to having more lungs. Where are they going to fit? That, that to me seems like the, the problem. Um, well, well, I don't know. Is this malevolent fucker going to make me squeeze them all into too long space or uh, the body will find a way. I'll, okay. you know, I'll, I'll it's definitely going to change your body dynamic, but yeah, I mean, it would, you know, it's, it's good to have a, a spare set of lungs. You, you used to smoke a bit. So, I did. Yeah. Yep. I did. I've been, I've been the worst to quit get for, yeah, quit for a few years, but then like e-cigarette, e-cigaretted for a little bit and now nothing. Um, well, the patch. So, um, then I'm going to say, give me those eyes. Oh, okay. Give me those four eyes. Where are you going to put the uh, other two if you're, it's up to you? I think I'm going to want to keep them balanced. So I think I'm just going to go kind of, uh, back, back left quadrant, back right quadrant kind of, kind of thing. Uh, then give me those ears. I'll take, I'll take some more ears, man. Um, then. Where do you want those ears? Um, I'm going to go, will he move? Do, do the ones I have stay where they are? Yeah. Okay. Then I'll go further back. Uh, I'll go two in the back, see if anyone's coming up on me. 
All right, surround sound. <laughs> yeah. When, so when when I when when I drive, I can put I can put the speakers just in the back, and that'll be that'll be just fine. Uh, okay. Give give me those thumbs. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'll take those thumbs and I'll put them on the you know thumb on the other side, so I could use my hands forward and backwards. I'll take yeah. them. So you'll be yeah you doubly uh, the benefits that we have over the gym. That's it. One set of opposable thumbs, but two. And now for fingers, am I go? Am I losing a finger? I'm just adding four more. Fingers. No, you're losing a finger. So you're going to operate with four digits. Almost certainly, you would keep the thumb and then three fingers. Okay, right? then hit me with the fingers. Take like take take a finger away. Or whatever. Most cartoon characters have four fingers. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, then kidneys. Okay. Give me two more kidneys, and then. Give me the hearts, and then the penises, and then the buttholes, and then the tongues. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, the kidneys surprises me a little bit, because like a lot of people need extra kidneys during lifetime, so why not just... And those seem like that would be relatively unobtrusive. Well... Where am I going to put those? You know, like, uh, also, what am I just going to be a walking, a walking uh, kidney storehouse? You want me to just be a walking uh, organ yeah. donation factory? Yeah, why not? Like, you can just immediately help two people out. Like, Great. Well, later on, when I ask you how many kidneys you want, I'm gonna. I'm guessing you're gonna say forty or fifty of them, just so you can you can really. Oh, I, I don't have your long track record of doing the right thing <laughs> for other people. So, now, I think I mean I'm good with two, but I'm just saying, like, if you told me like I have to have a third kidney or I have to have a third, you know, third and fourth, right? Third and fourth. Yeah. I I I don't know. I mean, kidneys aren't that big, right? Like. uh Fist size or fist and a half sized? I guess, you know, like the worst part about it would be you're, you're truly more likely to have kidney stones if you have more kidneys. Yeah. And that sounds horrible, right? I, um, I'd like the extra filtration aspects of them, but I, I also don't know how it affects, like, do I go to the bathroom? Do I have to urinate more often, less often because I've got four or, or, you know, like, I don't know. You turned into the, the polar seltzer of uh, <laughs> urine. It's like so so well distilled and uh, <laughs> comes out. So I don't know. I, I I thought kidneys would be pretty high on on my list. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I don't even know what would happen with the four buttholes. That it seems like that just sounds like a, tr- a big problem. Do you use them all? Do you just use one on special occasions? Do uh, you know? Like I I don't know. Don't want, don't want more than one. And if you ask that. me where, where am I going to put them all right around the other one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're not like, we're not expanding the, the real estate <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> Four penises. That's like the old joke. The the guy's pants fit him like a glove. That old, that old joke. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what to do with the one I got. I don't need three others. I think that's the bottom one for me. Yeah. I, I don't, that's just a disaster. Although I, I'm not into, you know, whatever those kind of weird, you know, the, I shouldn't say weird, but you know the whatever hentai stuff. Like I, that's never I've never understood that. So no, thank you. The the bottom for me was the tongues. I just how, how the hell you fit all that in your mouth and breathe and you know. I agree. Like that's, that's my very last one. Yeah. I mean, what a what a what a nightmare. That'd be awful. Even you know it's like a classic thing when you have a bad hangover. It feels like your tongue is like <laughs> swollen. You know, swollen. <laughs> That, that alone is horrific. Let <laughs> alone the idea of having to fit three more of those things in there. Uh, I guess you could become a great like uh, chef, maybe, or at least like a uh, great. Who, uh, I don't know if if they. That's only if they taste 
have better taste than your your one does. If they're of equal caliber, you're just you're just tasting the same stuff more. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm pro- I'm kind of assuming that somehow four tongues <laughs> would be like having one much larger tongue with much more great gradation with respect to the taste buds. And but if you just have four of the same type tongue, I mean, first of all, you're going to choke and die within. <laughs> you're right. I mean, certainly you're going to swallow a tongue. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, all right. Well, you know, I think that's pretty reasonable. Pretty <laughs> we'll, reasonable. We'll have a chance to hear your thoughts on this from a from a slightly different angle a little bit later. Um, so, because you liked it last week, Rush, I tried to come up with a question that was bovine comedy, divine comedy, and bovine comedy. So mm-hmm. we will start with the one that I I think we'll start with divine comedy. Okay. All right. So, um, in the divine comedy, the poet Virgil is Dante's guide through purgatory and hell. So here's the situation. I will be your guide, Rush, through your personal hell. In your personal hell, there's only five rings, and we will be ascending through hell. So we'll be going from five, the worst level, up to one, the most minor level, as far as as far as sins and sins and evildoers. Okay. What I'd like you to do is describe for me the people or acts you see on each level, but you must have some personal experience, whether it be first person third person, some believable gossip, someone someone you know. You must know someone, you won't need to name them, but you must know someone who committed each act or had that act done to them or the type of person you describe. So if you know a murderer, you can include murder at level five, but if you don't, you can't include that. Does all, does all that make sense? I think so. Okay, so... We are on level five of your personal hell. And I think in Dante's Inferno, I, uh, hell, I don't know, but I know, I remember reading something where they're like, and on this ring were adulterers and uh, charlatans and, uh, you know, and, and murderers or whatever. So on your personal hell, level five of experience, first person, third person, or otherwise, Who's on level five, worst level of 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 hell? What uh, types of acts or types of people are there? Okay, well, when I was seven or eight years old, my my closest in age to me cousin was murdered Eek. by someone. So I'm going to say child murderers. I'm awful sorry. That's got to be the absolute worst thing you could ever do. Uh, the person was insane, but you know, kind of whatever in any form or fashion. Um, My God, man, that's awful. Yeah. Uh, And, um, you know, I I just don't think there's, uh, you know, that's always the thing I go to if you're like, you know, somebody's like, make this legal, make that legal. You know, everything's got to be legal. It's like, well, murder can't be legal, Right. right? So, I mean, there's just nothing, you know, taking somebody else's life, uh, so I'll say murderers generally, although, um, very fortunately, you know, I don't have much experience with it. Um, but, but, uh, you know, and it would depend on obviously the circumstances and everything else, but the, the, uh, it's just such an obvious answer, but I'll give it there. Great. Could they, are they maybe alone on that, on that level? I don't know if you've had personal experience with anything that would be even roughly equivalent with something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I wouldn't even begin to put something else there. That'd All right. It. Let's, uh, let me guide you up to level four and, uh, what, uh, what, what specific classes of shitbags do we find on, on level four here? 
So now we're going to kind of trend out of like obvious that, you know, like, okay, everybody can agree, um, you know, rapists and murderers and yep. so forth are, 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 are the worst. And uh, this is the personal hell that you've created. So you may treat. I hate, I, I just hate, Great. hate, hate uh, is people who like retrade slash change the rules you know, and, and kind of cheat in that, in that regard. So like, let me give you an example. Please. Um, I like separate and apart from my own like political views, I thought that the actions that the, the, that uh, McConnell and, and others took to uh, not allow Merrick Garland to sit on the Supreme court, like that, that to me is just despicable. Yeah. I think I feel that way because I'm a lawyer on the one hand, like I kind of believe in, I'm I'm kind of a rule follower to begin with. I believe in rules and I believe, and then I love games. Right. And and one thing that is just like anathema to a game is, is you can't change the rules of the game in the middle and then say, Oh, by the way, like, sorry, but we got to declare a winner based on this new set of rules. Yeah. So uh, during, during the, I don't know if you, I'm guessing you saw this during the, during Trump's impeachment, they were running, it it happened basically both ways. Like Lindsey Graham saying one thing very specifically when Clinton was being impeached and then the exact opposite, you know, set of rules for when, for when Trump was being impeached and there were Democrats who, you know, said the same thing. This is a, this is a, a witch hunt. This is uh you know, whatever, uh, the a Republican coup against president Clinton, who were saying the exact opposite come right. Trump's Trump's impeachment as well. Yeah. Well that, so to me, that's like hypocrites who are probably going to be on level like two or three. Okay. Um, and, and it's a fair point. I, I, it's a little hard to say exactly, but, but it's, it's like, it's something stronger to me because it's, you've agreed on like a very specific set of rules. And then you decide uh, that you, that you're allowed to change those usually unilaterally, you know, and, and, and like, you know, uh, for instance, right. Like let's say that, that I might prefer uh, that we, we get rid of the electoral college and instead have a one person, one vote mandate. Right. Sure. Uh, I would never, even if I believed that that was would be better, and I probably do, but even if I believe that would be better, I would never say that it's okay to change that once the like cycle for that election begins, right? Because then you're just changing it because it's going to help your particular uh, prerogative, right? Right. And so if you make a change in the middle, to me, people that will do that, I mean, that to me is just like, like cheater, I, I hate cheating, but everybody does. This is a very specific type of cheating. It just drives me bananas. And when you do it to me in like a, a, a case that I'm working on and you, you agree to one thing and then you say, oh, wait a second, circumstances have slightly changed and I'm going to uh, I'm going to change my uh, prior promise. And like just, you know, I, I'm not even going to be like uh, tricky about it. I'm just going to be brazen and, and do that like that. That to me, that's unacceptable. Uh, so those, those type of people would be on the fourth level. Um I think, uh, you know, people you absolutely cannot trust. So like serial uh, liars, uh, sociopaths, um, serial cheaters, uh, those, those type of folks would be down there on the fourth level as well. That, that's the type of person where it's just like, 
you know, they're, they're, I'll forgive a lot of things. I'll, I'll give people two chances, three chances, 10 chances, but we're talking about things there in that fourth level that at most I'm maybe going to give you the benefit one time. And then if you do this sort of thing to me twice, like, you know, that's just it. I just, you, you may as well be, yeah, you're not going to get any sort of, uh, any sort of good treatment for me forever after that. Great. I, uh, I get you on the old timey elevator. We go up to the third, third floor. I do the classic, like lingerie, bedding, men's sportswear. And who else is now on the level three midway through the mid range, uh, crap, crap heads in your personal health? Ah, uh, I'll say like, um, hypocrites probably there. Also people who are, uh, deliberately obtuse, like people that, um, you know, reject like science, reject fact, mm -hmm. uh, instead want to just trade in anecdote and opinion, um, drives me bananas. I mean, I'm very logical, very kind of rational person. Uh, I like to, uh, you know, look at data. Like I, I'm, I very much enjoy being proof, you know, being, being engaged with in like a debate or, you know, good faith argument around like whether data is correct, what the right inferences are to draw that sort of thing. But it just drives me bananas when people are like, uh, just, you know, reject, uh, reject information. Also people that are like just stuck in place, like, uh, uh, it may be like conservative, but not like, like, like in the political sense, you know, just like, uh, people that, that, that will not, uh, adapt, change, take on new information or just really stuck in, in place that, that drives me bananas. Like you, you have, in my view, you have to be willing to accept new ideas, learn from uh, new experiences, different people, that sort of thing. And, and most uh, glaring when both of those last categories are in positions of influence or power to, um, encourage other people to believe the same. Yeah, well, for sure, you know, you can always be more damaging the, the more out, outreach you have. But uh, I'm just thinking about, like, not even – I'm just saying these, these are the type of personality qualities that, that I don't want in, in my life, and you're going to be down there in, in, uh, in ring three, I guess. <laughs> Great. <laughs> how about how about ring ring two? We, uh, we take a, a escalator up to ring up to ring two. And, uh, these guys are just, you know, one step, one step further than, than the, than the least, the least, yeah. uh, offensive of all. I think maybe people that are like phony, you know, kind of nice to your face, not, not, not as nice behind your back. I mean, I guess there would be like a sliding scale on that. Maybe you could put people down in like the third layer that are really bad for the most part though. Like, you know, I, I don't have a huge problem, but if, if you're, it, you know, I, I obviously if you're going to be kind of one way, and, and it's not how you really are, that that's gonna that's gonna drive me a, a little bit nuts. Um, I think people that are uh, totally um, caught up with themselves. I think people that are like really, really, really uh, ADD to the point that they won't uh, engage with you in any real way. That that's like a rough sword for me to have to deal with quite a lot um you know th those are some level two okay and how about first level barely 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 made it into your personal hell 
Yeah, I'd say like people like me, you know, be, like uh, kind of negative. You know, people that are that look to be negative maybe more often than positive. People that uh, like to argue. Uh, people that like to be contrarian. I mean, you, again, you could push that. Contrarians could be anywhere from level one to level three, probably depending on like if you like a Skip Bayless is down in level three. Okay. You know, <laughs> asshole about it. But if you're just like you, you know you, you kind of you, you more often look to tell somebody about why they're wrong. Uh, that would be something that, that, that's a bad personality trait. I have that one certainly. Buddy, it's a personal hell. Why would you put yourself there? You you can put yourself, you know, like. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, uh, there's certain aspects <laughs> of my personality that I don't want to be around. You know? <laughs> I so, had like, I hadn't thought of this, but I, I'm going to give you four really quick and just give me a number. You don't even you don't even have to have to explain yourself. Cool. I'm going to give you four categories of people. Uh, crooked car mechanic. One. Shoplifter. Two. Cheating boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh, anywhere from, from one to three. Uh, someone who tries to vote twice. <laughs> uh, I, see, that's more like a three or four. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's, that's un- <laughs> great. Great. All right. That was it. One. Thank you. Tough Thank tour. You. That's a tough tour. That's not a tour you want to necessarily sign up for. Uh, uh, Tour your personal health. Look, look, like, you know, somebody that cheats on their boyfriend, okay, there are a lot of reasons, there's a lot of things that go into that. I can't just, like, mm-hmm. writ large be like, you're wrong, you're in the wrong, or whatever. If you're trying to vote twice, like, I, you, you can't really put together a scenario to me, again, that we're, we're getting more towards my folks here that are just <laughs> breaking the rules here, right? So, anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's my, that's why they're, Okay. That was a good one. We've gone through my personal hell. Uh, all right, TJ. Here's the situation. You're on a farm. An animal farm, if you will. I will. Or, well, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> nice. An animal farm. Uh, and on this animal farm, animals become capable of human speech, and they can form their own government. And I want to know a few things, what you think would happen. Okay. I want to know what type of government you think these animals are most likely to form. Mm. I want to know which animals you think up in end up in power, which animals end up in the least power. And then I'm going to ask you about the specific role of a few different animals on this animal farm uh, after after I get your more general thoughts uh, about how this, this, this so-called animal farm would come together. Okay. Um... I th- for where animal farm recently, I apologize because it would be hard to dissociate from what Orwell <laughs> thought would be the answers. Here. I I have not. Um, I think they would end up with sort of, um, like a uh, kind of a British parliamentary system with uh, also like a figurehead, a figurehead ruler. Um, so you'd have like a king and queen, and then you'd have where it all actually goes down in uh, the house of, you know, uh, houses of commons and, and lords and stuff. But I think it'd be, I think it would be parliamentary. And you think they'd have like some equivalent, do you think there would be different branches of uh, different houses like they have over there? And if so, why? Um, I do. Well, cause I think my guess is that even amongst animals, there's going to be some like, you know, a horse is going to be like, yeah, hey, we we were all getting we're all not getting the best treatment on a farm here, but I'm not a freaking chicken, you know? Yeah. You know, like 
this could be some 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 status. Yeah, there is. You know, like I and 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 it'd be tough to argue with with a horse over over that. Um, so um, so with with that said, I think some people are going to want a little bit more like. Yeah, status, power, sway um, in that. And also just numbers wise, you know, on a lot of the farms you go to, there might be like 40 chickens and three horses. So I think I I don't think one voice, one vote is necessarily going to going to going to work that. Otherwise, like the chickens would. Horses are like Wyoming, right? Yeah. And chickens would run the roost, you know, if uh, if they just went by. Right. <laughs> total democracy. So I think you have to find some other way, but I don't think they would go with a, you know, um, uh, I'm screwing the word up uh, with a, a, a dictatorship. Yeah. So who, who's like, I mean, I wasn't going to ask this, but uh, who, who's in like the house of commons, who's in the house of lords uh, in terms of, um, I, I, I'm wandering into this, not really understanding what the House of Lords does. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we see questions for the prime minister, that's the that's the House of Commons that we're seeing, right? On like C-SPAN, when they have like questions for the questions for the prime minister or or whatever. I don't know. I I'm not quite sure. I I think it would be. Let me let me say if it not if not like British Parliament parliamentary, it would be like a House of Representatives kind of structure. But it also seems like they would have to me, I don't know why I wanted it, a sort of monarchy who like everyone's like, oh, yes, but they don't really do anything. The real work goes on. Leaders, what, what species are those? That would be like your uh, a cow or a bull. Okay. You know, like some definitely on the larger side uh, who everyone, you know, kind of like likes and respects. But a lot of the a cow's day is just spent like wandering around. Yeah. Do they turn it into kind of a zoo where like all the other animals watch the uh, the cow and bull um, like, like the British do with the royal family? Yeah. They're like, oh, that, you know, whatever the bull's, whatever the bull's name is big, looks right. You know, got the the big horns and like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, Ferdinand, for lack of a better term. But like everyone loves Ferdinand. Hey, Ferdy, how are you? And Ferdinand's like doing great, doing great, but not doing much. Yeah, super interested in which bulls he, he choose, uh, which cows he chooses uh-huh, to mate. Right, <laughs> their offspring and yeah, their 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 lineage and and all that all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I think it would be tough for the horses not to raise to rise to a certain amount of kind of power. I could see you know whips or majority or minority leaders being being fairly commonly a a, a horse. It's just it's too tough to argue with that size. Um, and plus once you start going through the other animals on, on, on a farm, like it's too tough for sheep to escape the word and reputation of being sheep. Yeah. You know, um, I think the chickens would be very vocal, but at some (laughs) point people would just be like, shut up already. Chickens would, I I think they would, they would struggle. They would struggle to get much, uh, much traction right and maybe the same with ducks you know there's a lot of like wank, 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 please so i think any of the fowl and poultry would have would have a hard time getting a lot of um um you know maybe the real movers and shakers behind the scene goats seem pretty tireless okay you know they they climb they'll eat anything they, that seems like some of the real like the labor party guys those are like the union heads <laughs> right. there's like uh 
the goats are doing that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I could see them actually getting into the wards, into the districts, and representing the people, and you know, chewing the fat with the with, with the local constituency and and stuff like that. Um, what other questions were specific within this? Uh, I think you, you had the, the kind of general ones, which are what the type of the government, who's in power, and then. Uh, a couple others. You already covered a few of them, but what, what are the specific roles of the following animals? What what are the uh, what are the dogs doing? Oh, dogs! Hmm, damn. Um, you know what? I think dogs. I think dogs would be great at um, and not just because it's the theme, but helping to reach a certain amount of comity. I think. I think no one's really got a lot against the dogs. Perhaps if they're herding dogs, maybe some of the sheep and stuff wouldn't love seeing them come around. But yeah. if I'm thinking of a farm dog who just kind of like, you know, wanders around and can go in and out of anyone's pens, I think they would be good at helping to reach across the uh, the ideological aisle to to have people come to a to some sort of some sort of agreement. I think they'd be they'd be good collaborators. Yeah, I think it would depend on the breed, but I could see them being like regulators, uh-huh. you know, like, like the, uh, <laughs> we used to have these, uh, uh, Shetland sheepdogs are called Shelties, right? They're yeah. miniature collies. And, uh, we, when we would have parties at our home, you would, you would actually see over the course of the, the evening, sometimes the, the dog would actually be trying to herd people into the main, like the middle room of the house, <laughs> you know, it's just their natural proclivity. So they'd be bumping up against you and kind of pushing you towards that. So, you know, that feels like regulatory a little bit. You know, me. you know what they are? They're your whips. Mm. There, there you go. go. Get everybody together. Make sure we got the votes. Get everybody on the same on the same page. Maybe your pups are your whips. No, it could be. And then, you know, if it's like German shepherds and it's always like police dogs. Right. Uh, what about the pigs, which, of course, had a, the central role in the Orwellian version of this? Yeah. No one wants these. Yeah. Pork, a lot of pork barreling coming with with the, uh, <laughs> these guys. <laughs> Stock traders, Raider. add a, add a lot of riders to to the to the bill. <laughs> nice. They're very they're very set on like well, what about what about us? You know, like they're they're really kind of self focused on like what what are we what are, what are, what are we getting in this deal? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, made them the, the leaders. I guess the pigs are supposed to be very intelligent, but yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that was obviously on bovine, and that, that's what I had there. All right, Rush. I'm going to give you one on comedy. So okay. here's the situation, Rush. You are on a game show based on comedy and a story you told about Romanian tennis player and coach Jan Tiriak. Oh, okay. So Jan Tiriak, you said, spoke a bunch of languages, and but knew how to say, I am innocent in all of them, right? That's right. That's his famous quote. Okay. So what I'm gonna, what's going to happen on this game show is I'm going to name you an international law, and you tell me where you'd have to say, I'm innocent in, if you were caught doing this. Okay. So these are actual laws that, uh, that are in place outside of the U.S., I'm going to tell you what you were caught doing, and you tell me where where you are, where you have to say, I am innocent. I'm guessing on this game show, which country has this idiosyncratic law? That is it exactly. That's okay. that, If I had phrased it that way, I would have saved us all, all some time. <laughs> Rush, you are arrested when caught chewing gum. Where are you? Uh, boy, it's going to be... 
frankly, a little hard for me not to say China for like all of these, <laughs> but I'm going to start with China. It seems to me like there's just strict about a lot of stuff over there and they might not want you chewing gum. You, you're, you're on the right continent. You'd have to find out how to say I am innocent in whatever language is spoken in Singapore. Ah, you were, damn it. Yeah. Ah. Not, not, you know what? If I, if I had, had thought of Singapore, I would have been like, you know what? I bet it, I, bet it's that, I like that one. That feels right that that's true. Rush, um, this next country, you are caught naming your child something other than the 7,000 government-approved names. Where uh, are you? Well, I'm going to say... You know, it feels like, you know, like Latvia, but when it was under, like, Soviet control. Mm -hmm. But I'll just say Latvia, even though I don't think it's that. How about how about this, Rush? You're in Denmark. Ah, mm. that's a surprise to me. Yeah, yeah, lot, great healthcare, but uh, but you you got to name your kid Stefan or Christian. It's seven thousand. Seven thousand approved government names. What you know, like it, if you're gonna allow seven thousand, just go ahead and allow whatever. Uh -huh. <laughs> like if if you're gonna hold it to like two hundred <laughs> names, then okay. But like, I mean, I you know, it's kind of like those restrictions on naming horses uh -huh. kind of frustrates oh, me. Yeah. You, you know, you, you can't name your horse like Moses Malone the horse, which is what I always wanted to name yeah. a horse, but you can't do that. So, so anyway, uh, Denmark, all right. Yeah, real, real, like, real ruffians look down the list to the 3,499th most popular girl's name before they, before they send her out into the world. Rush, um, this next, uh, this next country, you are caught shaking a rug out into the street and they, uh, they arrest you. Uh, probably shouldn't do that in, probably shouldn't do it in like really any, any place in the world right now because you get everybody <laughs> sick. But, uh, I guess I'll say like, I don't know, Tunisia. Our, uh, our friends across the pond in the UK don't, don't care for it. Really? Don't <laughs> shake that rug. Mm -mm, not in the street, buddy. Not in the street. How about you? Sure. You are caught kissing on a train platform. Oh. Uh, some country where they had multiple like beheadings on train platforms from <laughs> from otherwise uh, picturesque <laughs> settings. Ah, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna say like Switzerland. Okay, not too bad. Um, maybe they got tired of seeing it in on posters and uh and in movies because that is France. Okay, seems like that should be the land of kissing on a train platform. It should be. Yeah, and then they overdid it. Yeah, you know. How about you are caught scolding a barking dog? Well, if it's if it's the same as France, it's probably the U.S., right? Because <laughs> I'm sure that happens all the time here. Uh, I'll say, you know, our friends south of the border are pretty, they, they have a lot of respect for their uh, canines, so I'm going to say Mexico. Oddly enough, you were one question off before. It's Switzerland. Oh, well. <laughs> the Swiss... Yeah. You gotta stay neutral. Yep, you gotta stay neutral with a barking dog. Uh, last, last two. Um, you are caught riding a cow drunk. Uh, I think disapproved of everywhere, but actually on the books, you know, illegal in this country. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with one of the I. I'm between two I nations: okay. uh, India and Ireland. Uh, I'll go India. Oh, you would have been so close to the other one. It's Scotland. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> knocking on the door last one buddy you are not a magician and you are caught owning a rabbit wait really yes. there's if 
there's an exception for magicians. Yes. So this is a high respect for magic uh, country. <laughs> uh, where do they love magic? Uh, very odd to me. You own a rabbit. Um, I don't know, man. Give me like Saudi Arabia. It's our friends Dane under Australia. I guess they eat up they eat up the crops and the plants and all that. Um, so uh, just for like varmint purposes, if you're not in uh, not in a uh, magician, you cannot own a rabbit. That is kind of Australian though that they're like, look, we have to have an exception for magician guys. Like our crops are going to hell, but like we we got to keep the magic industry. That's not just Trevor. That's the amazing Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's stick with uh, comedy. Okay, buddy. Uh, all right, TJ. Uh, here's the situation. Yes. Uh, you are brought into the uh, American uh, Cultural Appropriation uh, uh, Fund uh, that has been put together to figure out what we should borrow from Europe. Some European traditions that mm. we don't utilize, that we, that, that we like, that they have in place. And we want to apply comedy to that and start to uh, start to utilize those. Okay. So you're part of a panel and they want your opinion on um, and you can take these in whatever order you want. But we want to we want to bring in one European tradition that we don't currently utilize in each of the following three areas. Okay. One is sports. All right. Second one is media slash entertainment. And the third one is uh, business. Okay. So, one in each of those categories that you are asked, and you can get more than one if you like, but at least one in each of those categories that you can suggest to the cultural appropriation uh, fund, and they will uh, spend some resources to try to go do that. I'm going to get sports right out of the way because we actually spoke about it um, a few weeks ago. Relegation. I want it. Okay. So you're you're actually – you would truly be in favor of, even if it happened to the Red Sox, yes. like U.S. pro sports – if you finish dead last, you got to move down to the minors. Somebody else comes up. I think it'd be thrilling, I, especially. And I think I'm like, there's not really. I don't know what they would use for the sort of minor league of football or the you know like or. And I'm not knowledgeable enough about what like a D league or, um, you know what it looks like in hockey. Um, I like no, it's the AHL. So yeah, um. And then hoops, yeah, D League or you know or, or or what have you. But in baseball, especially, I think it would be exciting as hell if Pawtucket, Winston Salem, you know, like if all of these towns that really support their AAA franchises, Syracuse, New York, um, had a chance to end up in in the big leagues. And I think it's sufficient payment for other like major league franchises who just didn't want to spend the money or, you know, or flat out weren't, weren't really trying because they didn't necessarily need to, to pay up to pay a price for that. I would feel bad for a team that is really like, you know, just less talented, but trying their asses off. But there was periods of time where, you know, like Cincy or I think Pittsburgh or whatever were just not, you know, not given a shit and and there should be some there should be something for that i've always thought the nfl is very poorly uh constructed for for relegation mm -hmm. reasons one is uh the amount of games is really low well more than two reasons the amount of games is really low and parity is pretty high so you would have uh 
it would be a little too wild, I think, which teams would go down. Secondly, um, there is no minor league, you yeah. know, that you could easily go to. Third, uh, you need huge stadiums, and you can't mm-hmm. have some. You can't have these other towns just construct and find, you know, forty thousand, sixty thousand plus seat stadiums uh, to fit for these things. Whereas, like baseball, basketball, some of those uh, hurdles are not nearly as difficult to overcome uh, in some of those sports. Um, and especially in, a, in, a, in an area like the NBA, where you've got cities that are clamoring to be in the NBA or cities like Seattle, who are, are you know, perhaps unfairly not currently in the NBA after being in there before. Uh, whereas in, in football, right, it's just so much effort to get the team and the stadium and everything else. Uh, and of course, like it would be very costly for Durham to be able to put together a stadium that would be sufficient to be able to have major league baseball there. Cause you're not going to be like, Hey, no problem. We'll just keep like a minor league stadium because like you, you need revenues and everything else. But, uh, TV revenue is a big chunk of it, and, and maybe it could all work. I, I would be very interested to see it play out. I, I also don't like the idea of like the the um, more popular concept now of tanking your way to the top. Um, a, and it. yeah, and so like this would you want to tank? Go ahead. You're gonna you're a minor league team now. You know, like I guess they'd find a way to like be second worst tanking, but um, but I, yeah, I, I think it would do away with that as well. What do you think about getting rid of the? the tank promoting uh, draft structures, which by the way, are also antitrust violations, but somehow we've uh, always allowed them to go forward. Um, There's certainly any competitive behavior, right. To just lock in and give the top pick to these folks. Although whatever, I guess legally there's arguments that they're not, but uh, what do you think about getting rid of that? Just saying we're going to go to a different system where we no longer reward teams for finishing last. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard like conceptually like tournaments, for you know like a, a small tournament for everyone who didn't basically didn't make the playoffs and then the you know like the the best of the worst then gets you know gets a pick but i i think i would overall be in favor of that i i don't want to see ten teams like for most of my life and especially when i was a kid tampa bay was always a terrible team so i i don't want to see that necessarily but um i don't want to see being it's tough to it's tough to say because you shouldn't be rewarded for sucking on purpose, um, but I also wouldn't want you necessarily penalized for sucking by accident, <laughs> you know. But there's no way to gauge effort, I guess. You know, like you got to go by by a record because it's so cut and dry. But I I think I would be I think I would be in favor of that, even if it was everyone who doesn't make the playoffs gets a you know an equal an equal shot at the number one draft pick you know if 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 they all went in one ping pong ball each into a lottery i think i'd be fine with that if you had relegation would you be in favor of uh significantly laxening that's not the right word but mm-hmm. uh you know making more lax the free agent restrictions so that players who are major leaguers could oh, more gotcha. easily transfer back into the major leagues uh, rather than be stuck down in AAA, or are you like, nope, we're going to kind of stick with more or less what the rules are already? I think stick with it, because otherwise it just seems like you, like once that team goes down, it's it's just a way of keeping a foot on their throat if then like all of their good players can just come back up into the... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Disperse on to all the other teams, but that's kind of <laughs> what happens in, in soccer, right? Like right. A lot of- you know, if you're if you're a big time player and you're in a team that gets relegated, like you're not, you're not playing down in the <laughs> uh, 
championship division in, in the in England. Uh, okay, so that's that's uh, that's sports, and and I, I did remember you brought that up, so I'm not surprised you said that. What about business or media slash entertainment? I don't have one off the top of my head for entertainment right now, so I'll go with business. And I think this is only this might only be sort of a um, a tangential business thing. And I have to say, like, I'm not super knowledgeable on on a lot of uh, European um, customs. So this is one, at least that I that I've heard of, of um, of the siesta. Oh, okay. So that businesses close down. You know, there's a, a, a time later in the day. I think I, I, I think it's like three or four o'clock or something like that. That everything just everything just shuts down for um, for a couple hours, and people whatever recreate. Um, have a have a, a glass of wine or a coffee or something like that, and then um, you know business day refreshes a little bit after that. I believe if I have that correct, um, a little wellness period where you get to do you know, interesting. yeah, interesting, yeah. So I think I would I think I would institute the siesta. Um, can you what's happening in the like? Let's just all take August off, which is basically what they do over there, where they they take they just have an, a month uh, that's more or less free for everybody and everybody takes takes work off for the most part no kidding like it's just like a, a national uh summer vacation it's more like europe-wide almost wow. it's uh it's you know it's it's obviously not honored everywhere all the time but for the most part it, it, it business slows down significantly by by design in august in europe huh um did you can you put me on a path of it was entertainment and uh um, did, did that, did, I might be unaware of Europe doing things differently than we do in that, in that realm. Did anything put you on that category or? Uh, there was something in my head when I wrote it and I've forgotten it, to be honest. Um, here's, I, here's one thing that maybe, maybe this suffices or not, but I, I like how much, and, and I'm specifically, I guess, thinking of the UK, how much. Um, whereas we are madly in love with our movie stars and yep. not that they're not, but that there's an, I think an equal appreciation for their stage performers that they, you know, really respect the live, the live theater and that someone like Olivier, I think was as widely appreciated or even more so for his stage work than he was for, for film, for film work. Um, and so I, I would like if, um, cause outside of like Broadway and some pockets here in our home in Chicago, like Steppenwolf and Goodman, I don't know if there is an, it's almost like you don't make it until you do movies or you, you are, you know, like these people who are really well known to us, or we would say are phenomenal Chicago actors or whatever. Like no one really knew who Tracy Letts was until he started doing like a movie. But meanwhile, he, you know, won Pulitzers and was doing amazing stage work and, and stuff like that. So that, that, that's at least like the first thing that comes to my head. But when he plays Henry Ford, everybody. Right. Uh, you know, that guy, uh, I remember <laughs> Big Short. Right. Or the, or the post or, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah. They do seem, you know, and it's probably an unfair generalization, but they do seem less overwhelmed by you know film celebrity there and more interested in um you know the, the like the blockbuster doesn't seem as big a thing there right maybe i'm just wrong about that right because maybe we just don't get to see what their blockbusters are but you always hear about like you know bollywood 
and and some other places with with big like blockbuster type culture whereas there it's more like the the foreign films you know tend to be uh i think i would say more artistic overall so and i think even their appreciation for you know in ireland and and england for their for their um playwrights like i don't think i know is the names or either don't know that they're irish or whatever or um um or british but like the names of like george bernard shaw and um oscar wilde and uh, beckett seem to be still very like alive and well and well thought of um sean yeah, casey but, and stuff you know, i think that one is a little bit like the era right okay. like we'll talk about tennessee williams and you know um whatever you know yeah eugene o'neill and uh i, I don't know the, i think that if you think about Russia, you know, it, it, the same thing, you have all these great, I mean, there was just a better time. It was a better time to be a famed playwright in the early 20th century, late 19th century. I mean, it used to be Tolstoy and Chekhov. Now it's all Smirnoff, Smirnoff, Yakov Smirnoff. You know what I mean? Like all the time, all the time, <laughs> really current people are talking about Yakov Smirnoff. But I, I think that, uh, I mean, what, you know, it wasn't, Am I wrong about this? Was Arthur Miller like married to Marilyn Monroe? Yes. Right. You know, and like, so it used to be that in the U S like the playwrights would have had a a greater impact as well, but it was all because the medium uh, of film had not like totally taken over uh, yet. I think I I could be wrong, but I I don't, I I don't like think of, Oh my God, there's so many very well-known current British playwrights. Yeah. At least they're not well known to me, but that could be that I stopped taking uh, drama classes about you know twenty five years ago. So that's around exactly when my knowledge slowed down. Who is Martin? Is it Martin McDonough? Is that the name? Uh, the man from Inish. Uh, I think he did Seven Psychopaths and stuff like that. I think. Um, hey, you know, Rush uh, in in Russia, playwright you. You like that? One? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe you like this more. Here's the situation, Rush. You are elected the human representative for the International Congress on Bovine Comity. Okay. You fly to Geneva, walk into a paneled room, and there is a cow in a suit. He says, Mr. Howell, nice to meet you. I believe you took my associate Professor Kramer's class on romantic poetry. He is, uh, I'm Ambassador Moriarty of the bovine species. In an attempt to find where our shared ground lies, Rush, I've brought three examples for you to look at. One is something we already both do, you humans and we bovines. Two is a place I think we could struggle a bit, but might reach some common ground on. And three is an example of something we will never see eye to eye on. After I give you my examples, I would like you to come up with one of each yourself. Okay. Cool. So one, the first one, the one we both do, we both allow our young to take our milk. We, we seem to be right there with each other in that. The second one that we might be able to find some common ground on is that we are vegetarian. I know some of you are, but by and large, you are um, omnivores. And, yeah. la- and lastly, the one I don't think we'll ever get to see eye to eye on is we literally shit precisely where we eat. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, can you come up with an example for each of those three categories yourself as the human representative? 
Yeah. Uh, so for one thing, we're never going to agree on. Yeah. Uh, we sometimes eat cows. Yeah. Right. 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 Which I imagine is is no good. I mean, we sometimes eat humans, but that's that's totally frowned upon within human society. Okay. So uh, I'm going to say we will never see eye to eye on eating cows. Uh, we play a fair amount of video games, which is not going to be something you guys are ever interested in. You don't, you don't have the ability. I think really so. To do yeah. That. They did maybe dance, dance revolution. They'd have to play something really, really, you know, like foot pressure kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't think they're ever going to get around to that. Yeah. I think, um, well, one thing that we're slightly, we're starting to see more common ground on is like, you guys really put an emphasis on standing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we do a lot more time sitting and laying down. However, like more and more, we're trying to get like ergonomic. We're having like uh, the, the work day where you have to, you know, my Apple watch tells me to stand every right. uh, 12 hours a day. So I think we might be able to find some common ground over time about at least we'll stand a lot more often. And then we'll ask you maybe to take a little bit of time where you take a load off. And, uh, an old an old wives tale says um, that uh, if you see a good percentage of cows in a field laying down, expect rain. Oh, that's a yeah interesting that's one thing by the way we see eye to eye on neither of us like rain yeah that's true we both want there and then we can't go out and do our thing you know <laughs> um uh neither of us like mad cow disease we <laughs> hated true. it you, you hated it like oh. that was terrible we saw eye to eye on that we probably on basically any like major viruses uh you guys sometimes help us with bacteria sometimes hurt us on that mm-hmm. um you know, we both, I, I got to think, uh, we kind of see, we kind of have common ground um, that if left to our own devices, we just like to power out some farts. And you guys <laughs> are the kings of that. So, I, you know, we're not, like, it's more socially acceptable for you. Like, you, you drop bombs and then just, like, you throw the uh, throw the tail wag behind hey, you. Crop dust. Yeah, you crop dust. Like, you have a good time with it. We sometimes have a good time with it, so we're at least on somewhat common ground there. Um, I would say, like, we're getting more and more like you in terms of taking our time eating meals. Ah, like you yeah. guys really do a good job of uh, really chewing your food. We like to food. ruminate over it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we both, uh, you know, we give milk to our young. We also, like, uh, look after our young for quite a while. We have that mammalian trait uh in common. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff uh, that we, that we have in common. I, I don't think we're ever, um, you know, we're ever going to agree on, um, you, you know, who, which species is, 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 is in control. Uh-huh. Uh, like cows have always struck me as like, uh, I mean, they're not like irascible, but they're, they're just not all that interested in, listening to what humans have to say. I mean, we have to do like massive amount of like ranching efforts. I mean, we've all seen city slickers. It, it's hard to get like even that one cow to do something, let alone a herd of them. Um, well, you know what, when the one thing we have in common a little bit is we're both a little too willing to go with the herd. Yeah. I hear you. We, both of us need to improve in that area. We'll follow so, any cow with a bell. Yeah. <laughs> We don't, uh, we're, we're never going to agree on wearing bells. Maybe we agree. Maybe you hate wearing bells. <laughs> well, well, you know, we both sometimes get earrings. Earrings? Yeah, we get these, ta- you know, sometimes get tags in our ears or uh, we'll get tattoos. We, ours are, you know, burned into us, you know, but we'll get, we'll get tats. 
Yeah, you've got that in common with like African American fraternities and cows who will do the branding. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I and I bet it's kind of similar. I mean, it's one of those things. Man, eh, no, the cows probably don't like. Probably never, never enjoy the branding under any circumstances. Nah, nah, no good. But we're never going to see eye to eye on that. Like we, we do branding sometimes, like for fun, as a way to say that hey, we're part of a group. Whereas you, you're going to hate that always because you don't like mm. the group you're part of. Uh, but you know, oddly enough, doesn't smell so bad when uh, you get a little bit of that beef cooking. <laughs> nice job. No, no doubt they picked the right man as the uh, as the human representative. There, it was like you were ready for this. Yeah, I was trying to do my best to, uh, to find some common ground there. Bovine comedy. Yes. Very, very good. All right. <clears throat> Here's the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ Jagodelsky, welcome back to the Court of Common Ethics. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was struck by the term comedy, both is similar to common, and also uh, this is a situation where we often try to uh, – uh, place, uh, they're not necessarily rules, if you will, but these are more customs, more things that we, out of courtesy, mm. uh, uh, will do from time to time. So it was a good time to bring back the Court of Common Ethics. As always, it will work in the following way. I will give you three separate opportunities, three different things where you could take a position on, or you may uh, choose to discard all of them and come in with your own. You okay. pick one of those four. You will then take a position. I will then turn into my role of the devil's advocate, in which case I will have to argue against whatever position you take, regardless of whether I myself believe it to be accurate. And uh, then we will have a debate uh, about uh, this inside of the court of common ethics. Are you ready for your three topics? I'm ready. Uh, One, the first one is, uh, give me guidelines for how much people should tweet in one day. Okay. The general sense of how much tweeting should be going on. Uh, second, you had a party with multiple musically inclined folks and using Spotify or some other device to determine which songs to play next. How you should, how should you divide up that playlist, Mr. Jagowski? Mm. Third and final, for me, how often can you wear different types of clothing before a washing is required? Uh-huh. Those are the three topics to give you. Again, as always, you're welcome to come with your own topic. Have you thought of one or perhaps... Bovine comedy inspires one, but if not, those three are, are a fair game to choose from. Who I think I have the strongest feelings about the uh, the control the control of the music. Uh, very well, let us discuss uh, you you being at a party with multiple musically inclined f- folks and uh, how you determine who gets to control the playlist for how long and so forth and so on. What are the rules that should be in place that everyone should abide by without us having to list them every single time? Can I ask you where this get together is being held? Is it at a home or is it at a neutral location like a bar? Why don't we uh, start with, why why don't we take both? Let's do the home. Let's do in transit. So you're in a car or a party bus or uh, any sort of a, a traveling uh, situation, and then let's do uh, the destination, and specifically you chose a bar, and that's just fine by me. Okay, so first and foremost, if you're in a home or a car, ownership has to be respected uh, initially, uh, initially at least. Um, and 
they the owner of either the car or the home should retain control of the music until they exhibit what the rest of the uh, folks in attendance would say would see as uh, kind of uh, gross negligence of uh, of musical capabilities. Okay, all right. Uh, I think I understand. And then upon uh, gross negligence or uh, invitation by the owner. Uh, what what would happen next? If the if the give it up. If the gathered are familiar with the musical sensibilities of one another, I think at that point a group consensus could be reached in most cases as to who should take over the music at at that point. Um, one individual uh, running the ship, if you would, mm-hmm. and that person will. I think quite often already have a uh, a mix, um, a playlist, or a Pandora station, or whatever that they already have kind of in place that could take you through easily. That should be able to take you through easily the next hour or so of time. Now, before I put on my devil's advocate hat, yes, uh, could you define for me? What would rise to the level of gross negligence, as you describe it, with respect to the owner uh, abdicating their duties with respect to the music playlist? Uh, Basically, back-to-back, awful, uh, unanimously or near-unanimously agreed upon terrible songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, What about if there's how much dead air before you have reached... uh, what would be deemed gross negligence? Oh, uh, just dead air? And and not dead air and not um, starting to try and remedy the situation. Yeah, correct. Forty five seconds to a minute. Okay. There's no excuse for huge gaps in in music anymore. There's just there's just no need for it. No, uh, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Mm, all right. Well, now I put on my <laughs> devil's advocate cap. Go right ahead. I will say to you, ah. Well, you make several interesting points, I have to uh, admit. I would say that uh, it could well be that you have a wide range of, uh, of different owners. And so uh, you, may, you may find yourself having to come up with too many bespoke uh, uh, situations where uh, you have to continue to change your approach depending on the owner because – uh, you may well find that if you simply leave it to the owner and less gross negligence occurs, that uh, uh, you may well have uh, uh, many folks who feel left out of being able to put on the songs. And uh, and then my second uh, quibble would be uh, once the owner has abdicated, uh, is it not more uh, fun for the entire group for people to rotate and have a bit more uh, 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 communal involvement in the overall selection of the music? Why is it better to have Uh, it under a central control of of really one person. Great. Great. So um, on to the point of of people feeling left out that they don't get to control the music um, too bad. So sad. Ain't your house. You know, you can listen to whatever you want to as soon as you go home or get into your car. You know, like that's, that's your prerogative to listen to your music anytime you want to while you're here. um, You know, accepting gross negligence of, uh, of the control of the music Hey, if things, you know, if it ain't broke, you you don't need, you don't need to fix it. And if it's, even if your taste is different, if this is clearly, you know, decent music or good music that everyone else is pretty much enjoying, then, then too bad. You don't get your, you don't get your hands on it. You'll be here for three or four hours. 
in a car three or four hours at this house for three or four hours, and then you can go immediately back to your own. That's just, or but throw your own would, party. Would you not agree though, Mr. Jagodowski, that the overall goal is to maximize the enjoyment of the entire group in terms of this music that's uh, being chosen. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that uh, trump the, uh, uh, the, the prerogative of an owner uh, to have uh, their particular music uh, played because they are uh, they are in their car or in their home. Wouldn't it be more important overall uh, to have a better uh, sense of enjoyment for all? And and so wouldn't we need to be a bit more uh, aggressive in how quickly we take uh, the reins away from the owner? I think either in the car or at the party, it's, it's going to be a little bit like baseball umpiring. If you even notice the music, it's going to be because it is really good, in which case nothing needs to be fixed, or it's really bad, in which case we have remedies in place. Got it. So you're saying, look, most of the time, the music is going to fall within, it's a, li- a little bit like I like to say, how good was your buffalo chicken sandwich <laughs> on a scale of seven to seven and a half, right? Most <laughs> of the time, the music not going to make everybody happy at once. It's not going to make everybody upset at once. And so most of the time, we need not and uh, force the owner to abdicate their position. For some of us, the music is less important than the uh, presence of ice. I, I, I could not disagree with that. <laughs> Even were I to be forced to put my devil's advocate cap on, I would have to take it off and say that is correct with respect to ice. Uh, anyway, you've made your points and I, uh, I've made my counters. Uh, let's now go to what happens in the bar. Oh, gotcha. Dude, it was this was to your one last point that we didn't say of rotation. If 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 it's rotating too quickly, now we got everyone's got a job and we got to keep track of who's next and all that. If it rotates at all, it should be on an hourly basis. You get a sense of what their musical taste is like again, accepting you know musical gross negligence. Otherwise, like it's too much to be like who's next now. You put on two songs now. That person puts on two songs. It's just it's a then it's now it's a thing and you know and it's 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 too much to manage. But is it not occasionally fun, especially during uh, transportation, for instance, to have such a rotation since everyone is. Uh, particularly less so in the home situation, but in this transport situation, everyone is a captive I, within, I, within I, this car. It, it ought that perhaps be a spot where you could you could lessen the uh, uh, the requirements that one person stay in control. I would agree with you. I would agree with you there. I would p- then put maybe like a three song a three song men on it. So because you're either you're gonna have to switch out if I'm if I. I'm thinking about this right. Either switch out like your Bluetooth pairing or the cords or all that kind of stuff. Frustrating time for everyone. <laughs> Wait, reload a playlist. I must agree with you there. So if we're if we're in a bar now, I'm picturing almost a jukebox situation. It's whoever gets to the jukebox first, but you get a five dollar five dollar limit. You get you get you get however many songs you can get on there for five bucks, and then it's open to whoever to whoever gets to the jukebox or got there got there next. Well, uh, very, very good. I I think we've covered enough. Uh, We we really had it. We turned it into multiple courts there. I must say, I think you had excellent thoughts with respect to this. And sometimes when I'm putting on my devil's advocate hat, I do not even entirely agree with myself on what I'm saying. I do, however, think that I would be more willing than you to allow for a bit more variation, uh, especially in the transportation situation. But I, I must agree with you that within the home, 
leave leave well enough alone and if it ain't broke don't fix it and your 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 suggestions for what is and is not gross negligence i will say it is a little difficult to, to decide what is two awful songs in a row <laughs> Like how many people would have to agree that it's all? It would be an interesting it's, spot. It's like Hugo, it was a Hugo Black set of pornography. You know it when you hear it. Okay. <laughs> and we're back to the top, Rush. So here's the situation. Rush, cows have four stomachs. I'm going to name some body parts, and I would like you disregarding the time to get acquainted with the change and any social awkwardness. I'd like you to tell me if you'd like more of these body parts Less of these body parts or no change in the number of the body parts named. Cool? Great. All right, Rush. How about eyes? Same. Same. Okay. Arms. Yeah, same. Same. Kidneys. I think I would like a third kidney. <laughs> uh, I just think that I, I'm not sure that uh, I don't, I need to think a little bit about what the downsides would be. There's probably massive ones that I'm not really aware of. But it, it, you know, I, I'm not look. I don't want kidney failure. I like the I like the concept that I could help out somebody with an extra kidney at some point. Um, and like, just kidney failure is. Uh, I, I think back when I learned about it, there were like three three solutions, and they were all horrific uh, for what you do if you have no kidneys. So uh, I, I'll take an extra one. Let me let me back up for one sec. You given no like get, having to get used to it, you wouldn't want to be able to see behind you. I don't think so. I think, I, I mean, look, I'm 42 years into two eyes. Uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, th- I, I think it would be unnerving. I mean, I, I'm the person who's like, I don't think flying would be that fun. I think it would be like, really, you, your eyes would crust up and you'd be very cold. And <laughs> How about arms? You could still shake a friend's hand when you got a big load of laundry, you know, coming out. No, I just think overall, I mean, again, you're going to look very odd with that third arm. and uh, Yeah, but we're, we're discounting any kind of social awkwardness from that. Uh, okay. I'm... Type super fast. Each finger is only responsible for like eight letters. Well, I mean, it's a little bit of a tough question because... Like, of course, more arms can do more things. Mm-hmm. So if there's like no problem, you know, I could put 30 sets of arms on <laughs> and now I'm like a, a human assembly line. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So I, I guess I was I, I was a little too caught up in thinking about like, it's going to be very weird. I'm going it, to it's going to be awkward. It's going to be hard to deal with. And you're saying I have to just get rid of all those things. So what I love to have an extra pair of hands around the house, as they say, <laughs> Um yeah, I mean, I guess more, or I mean, certainly I would take more arms rather than less. Okay. Um, we're, oh, ears, we're up to ears. Uh, yeah, really don't think I need more ears. Okay. Like, ears pretty good, and yeah, I'm fine. Legs? Same as arms. I'd rather have more, more legs than less legs than I currently have, certainly, easily. Um, and if you, if you discount all of the, um, social awkwardness and everything then then yeah i mean it's like getting more horsepower in your car like give me more and i can really cover some ground can you imagine the cuts you you could make on a basketball court if you had two legs facing the other way dude talk about getting back on d that is like blow out your acl you just like get rid of that one (laughs) leg uh how about mouths you good with mouths 
Yeah, and I've always found it very gross when 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 uh, uh, when people like, have more horror movies and stuff. They have like creatures with multiple mouths. I always hate that. Fingers. Uh, again, I don't. Yeah, I guess. I guess it would sort. It'd be more like closest to arms of anything. Like, yeah, I could obviously see the utility in having more fingers. And penises. Especially if I had more bottles. <laughs> right. How about penises? No, no, I don't want more than one. Right. With one. Yeah. I might go less on that one. <laughs> don't want two. Don't want zero. All right. So for, for, for those of you who are not not interested in this in this baseball draft we're going to thank nate defort for producing julie nichols for our music emily cardamus for the artwork you can reach us at here's the situation podcast at gmail.com uh, and uh thank you for listening and if you want to stick with us rush and i are going to go through our draft so as rush said earlier we each got um, kind of a, 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 I would, a pretty brief period of time to pick 10 sets of initials and from that, we had to assemble eight position players. I think you threw me a bone with being able to have a DH. Uh, five starting pitchers, a closer, a manager, and five bench players. So, um, oh, I have it written down. You just have to trust me that I stayed within within all of my all of my uh, initials. Um, I could find the yeah. piece of paper to re. To... I, I got yeah, I got all your initials here. Okay. And the only thing that I kind of mis- misunderstood because we did change it a bit at the end was for me the dh is one of your bench people oh okay so, great so you know it's basically you're going to give each starting position player your five bench people one of those you'll designate as the dh which will be more helpful for you than me you had some huh. you, you pick the three greatest center fielders of all time believe it uh, or not you know who gets bumped off my bench probably tony gwynn oh wow okay yeah yeah all right, so you want to go position by position? <laughs> sure. And then maybe we do it this way. Um, if we agree on who's better, that person gets a point. Yeah. And if we don't agree, then no point awarded. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. My favorite one is we're going to – there's at least one position where we're going to disagree, and I'm going to say the person on your team is better, and you're going to say the person on my <laughs> okay. team. I know that's going to happen at least once. I'm looking for that. So uh, you pick the position where you want to start. Let's start a catcher. We'll start at position number two. All right. Uh, so I had the initials RC. That was my third pick, and I, I'm using Roy Campanella as as my catcher. And you will get the point because my catcher is AJ Pierzynski. Oh God. Okay. And so you did have AP, who you you certainly didn't pick for AJ Pierzynski. No. Uh, who who was AP designed to get? Uh, Albert Pujols. Oh right, right. Okay, so I, I have the better catcher. Uh, we'll go to first base then. I have Albert at first. Okay, I have Lou Gehrig, so my, my vote would be I have the better first base. I uh, I would agree. Okay. Uh, so LG, by the way, was my first pick. Uh, you, you had the first two picks, but I had thought about it for at least a minute because I had come up with the concept before, so I had a little unfair advantage, and I did in that minute. I was like, the best has got to be LG because you get – one of the best three starting pitchers of all time in Lefty Grove and one of the best five hitters of all time in Garrick. So. Yeah, you got him. All right, second base. Yeah. Uh, I've got Rogers Hornsby, who's got to win that one. Yeah, he'll, he's better than Paul Molitor. Oh, I'm a huge Paul Molitor fan, but yeah, <laughs> you got to go with Hornsby. And I think you had Brooks Robinson at third? 
I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. I have BR or I have RC. So who would you pick between Brooks Robinson and, and Roberto Clemente? It's kind of a tough call. Uh, you you can't go wrong. And um, I'd probably put Clemente there. Um, but he, they're they're both better than Alex Gordon. So uh, you're off to a, a nice yeah. a nice lead here. Yeah, you have a much better outfield, and you had, you were not super strong in the infield. <laughs> uh, I think I would probably go with. I might go with Brooks just for defense because mm-hmm. my team is so loaded offensively that I think I need to probably lean towards defense everywhere I can. And he, he, he is widely regarded as, if not the best defensive infielder of all time, certainly the best defensive third baseman. Yes, ball. without a doubt. All but right. Clement, you know, on my bench. Maybe my DH. We'll Shortstop. I got A-Rod. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, I got Manny Machado. Okay, A-Rod, certainly. Yeah. Uh, I got you 5-0 in the infield. Yeah. Uh, but now we're getting now we're getting to the nitty-gritty. Uh, so where you want to start, left or right field? Left field. Left field, all right. I've got Ted Williams. I got Barry Bonds. Right. So I think you win that one. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Oh, you will? I right, just... you're, you're agreeing here now that Barry Bonds is a better baseball player than Ted Williams. Uh, No, but I, I need the point. Well, you got you can't you got to if you're going to take the point you have to agree with me that Barry Bonds is a better baseball <laughs> player than Ted Williams. I believe that to be true. Okay, then I'll give up the point. All right, so that one nobody gets the point, and I knew that was the one I knew we would <laughs> we would both take the other side's person. All right, center field. All right, you win this one. Uh, I, I have a great center fielder who may end up the best center fielder ever, but you, you he's not even in the league with yours right now. Mike Trout is who I've got. And I got Willie Mays starting in starting in center. Right. Uh, so that's that's clearly you. Uh, although I certainly no no problem with Trout. I'm, I'm happy to have him in there. But uh, you you took Cobb, Mays, and Mantle before I could get his interview. And I got Cobb playing out of position in right. Although his position was listed for a few years just as outfield. Right. I, I've got Babe Ruth. Who I, I mean, I'm going to vote Babe Ruth over Take him. Take him. So I'm up six to one. Yeah. Uh, and now let's hit the uh, let's hit let's hit the the DH where you're definitely going to win that one because um, you got Mickey Mantle. I uh, I have I'm going to have Manny Ramirez as my DH. So so Mickey is just on the bench. <laughs> He's on the bench yeah. behind Manny Ramirez. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, I mean, I think I have an argument between. I don't have an argument if you if you put Mickey Mantle out there. Uh, my DH is going to be Ricky Henderson, and I'm going to have him go lead off. Uh, and I don't know Ricky Henderson, Manny Ramirez. Uh, what are you thinking now? Uh, I'm still starting Manny. Still getting 500 home runs in there. Uh, you want to push it out? Yeah, I think that's. I think I vote Ricky. Uh, all right. So then, bench position number two. Yeah, that is that mantle for you. Uh, yeah. And we're trying to list these kind of in order of quality from one to five, so that we don't sandbag there. And mine's Roberto Clemente, and, and that's going to be a win for you. So mantle over Clemente, so mm-hmm. it's six to two. Uh, who's your who's your third? Uh, um, if I go all around, I'm going to go Mark McGuire. All right, I've got uh, Rod Carew, and I gotta, I gotta 
say that McGuire is my vote. Okay, days. I'll go. Six three. All right. Uh, now on the bench, I wonder if you should only get a half point for these because they are. <laughs> <All on right. laughs> uh, next bench player, Willie McCovey. Get Todd Helton. I'd have to look at lifetime batting average. I know I got. I'm pretty sure I got I got 521 home runs out of Willie McCovey. Uh, I don't know what lifetime batting average would be. Helton's probably close to 300, 305 or something like that, probably career. Uh, he's 316. His OPS career is 953, but he played in Colorado. So his OPS plus for his career is 133. And his uh, win shares... Uh, well, let's do wins over replacement. Um, 61.8 wins over replacement. So Willie McCovey, it's a pretty interesting one. I think Helton not quite in the Hall of Fame. McCovey is, but is maybe not the greatest Hall of Famer. Willie McCovey. I said, uh, what, 61 win shares? 61, for- eight, 62 rounded up. Yeah, so 64 and a half for McCovey. Played longer. Batting average 270. Mm. OPS plus is 147. Uh, I got to go McCovey. All right. Won an MVP. One, two, three, four, five, six all star appearances. I'm going to have to go with uh, McCovey. Uh, one, two, three, four, five all-star appearances for Helton, but never better than fifth for MVP. All right. Give that to you, McCovey. Uh, and my fifth and final bench player, not great, but, uh, you know, I think future, I don't know, Hall of Famer, maybe, maybe not, Robinson Cano. I'm going to not use Reggie Jackson and his 563 home runs, and I am going to use Tony Gwynn. Uh, there, I think I, I I would go with Gwen over Cano. Although power numbers would lean towards Cano for sure. Yeah, I give it. I, I'm okay with that. I go with Tony Gwen. I think you had a better. You had more depth. My starting lineup is definitely better. Um, and now we go to pitchers on relief pitcher. You've got it one, so I'll give you that point. My I had Trevor Hoffman. Yeah. Mariano Rivera, so that makes it six to six. Uh, starting pitchers, who you got? I got. I mean, I, I have an unbelievable starting pitching lineup, but uh, I think you got a good one too. So who's your who's your ace? I'm throwing out Pedro, game one. All right, I'm throwing out Christy Mathewson, and and uh, I'm voting for Christy Mathewson. All right, but uh, you're welcome to vote for Pedro with your uh, long time. I, I wouldn't know how to reconcile the numbers of these old time guys. Like w- yeah, we have dudes sure. with like 400 and something wins or whatever, or 500 wins and stuff. I don't even know how to like, um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm okay calling it a push. I mean, Pedro is arguably the greatest modern pitcher. Christy Matthewson is certainly arguably the greatest pitcher of all time. And they, yeah, it's, it's a little too, too tough to, to maybe line them up. Mm. So let, I, I'm okay calling that one a push. All right. You have Clemens next. No, I got Lefty Grove. I mean, I'm I'm just stacked. Okay. We uh, got two. I would. Mine was. Uh, if this is in the order that I would think, then yeah, he's better than Randy Johnson. I think so. Great. 
I think so. I mean, Randy Johnson, great, great, great pitcher, but uh, I've got Clemens third. I have Glavin. Yeah, Clemens. Sadly, I hate to – I mean, this makes me sick to say, but Clemens <laughs> is better than Glavin. I got I got Maddox fourth. He's better than Burt Blylevin. Yeah, but that, I, you didn't mean to pick Burt Blylevin, right? I didn't. Double Bs and I also didn't mean to pick my five starter who bounced Andy Pettit out out of the lineup. Uh, who's your five starter? Mike Musina. Nice. I got Roy Halliday. Hmm. Uh, does Roy have multiple postseason no hits or perfect perfectos? He's got two, right? I think. Uh, he's got some crazy yeah uh, stuff that he did. He Take it because I'm no fan of Moose anyway. They had a they had a uh, so. How they won two Cy Youngs, finished twice, twice as well. Uh, had kind of a short career, so he, I'm sure he won way less games. He won 203. I mean, Mucina probably won. Close to 300. I think he had 280. Yeah, 270. Yeah. 3.68 ERA to 338 from Halliday. I mean, Halliday was definitely a better – you know, it's a little like comparing Pedro to Randy Johnson, right? Pedro was better. Randy Johnson did it for longer. I, I, I think I got to vote. Um, I guess I'd vote Halliday there. But see, once I get my manager, once his hands get all over these players, like then it's who knows? Who knows? Once we hit the field, what happens? Because because my guy's gonna bring bring out the best in all of these dudes. Who okay. who, who do you have managing? I got Connie Mack. He's, he's <laughs> pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> but he doesn't know the modern game, and Bruce Bochy does. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh if we did a gm you've got billy bean i've got branch ricky we've got great uh all great uh some great gms all right well that was fun i think you took that so i think my team was better yes. but uh, you know what's interesting is if you if you didn't have to put the guys out in the field in positions it would be a, a hell of a lot closer because your your bench is absolutely stacked <laughs> stacked I gave no concern to uh, to putting anybody in this infield at uh, anywhere. Yeah. But you know, I mean, look, outfielders are better hitters anyway, right? Like that's 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 just true. All these so. guys have to throw to AJ Pierzynski. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, 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 Pierzynski's gonna have a rough time. Yeah, oh, handling. When he sees, also like we we play a we play a nine game series. He's batting against. Christian Edison, Lynn Maddox, and Roy Halladay. Brzezinski's like, he's going like one for 29. Oh, yeah. That series. With a, with a slash the other way against Halladay. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who stuck with us through that. Hope uh, hope our hardcore baseball fans, I'm guessing a couple of the Burks back home probably probably dug it. Rush, who who's the, who of your friends do you think enjoyed that, that deep baseball dive the most? Well, I don't know if they'll listen, but my, my friends James Tice, Scott Wrightson, those guys really know baseball. Like in the All Sports Fantasy League, they're the ones who who we all have to go to for baseball knowledge. Uh, I used to really know baseball um, back in uh, in the in the early two thousands. I, I got really into you know Bill James and all that. And uh, it, when the Braves like lost Maddox and started to struggle, um, I wasn't as big a fan. My uh, Kenny Tracy, another friend of mine, may listen uh, to this one. He, he would probably enjoy it, and he would be great. He works in the Braves uh, front office. He's the one that got us to uh, – Oh, into the booth? Inside the Braves stadium. 
Uh, but my brother will enjoy it. My dad will enjoy it. There's in Atlanta. There's a lot of like big time baseball fans. I feel like Chicago, probably the more the Kevin Dorsch of the world, the bigger baseball fans are usually White Sox fans and the Cubs fans are kind of dilettante baseball fans. It's not always true. You get your Scott Goldstein, Brad Morris's of the world to, to dig in, but there's we, a lot of like, we should fans. pick a, a funky stat like stolen bases and hit by pitch and go back through go back through our and see who won based on based on like triples or based on, you know, like some some ridiculous some ridiculous stat. Uh, yeah, thank God I got Ricky Henderson. But if, <laughs> if I knew triples mattered, it'd be like Tris Speaker and right. like, like all those guys from back back in the day where you would just hit the ball like 400 feet, you know, roll over. Right. Hit. I, I know Ty Cobb has has a few spike high spike high steals in there, and sure. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys. We uh, Russia and I both have, uh, hope everyone is uh, staying safe and sane, and uh, and be well until we talk to you next week.